Hi, and welcome to Right to Life of Michigan's Life Beat podcast. I'm Anna Plymert, and today Grace and Emily are joining me. Hello. Today we are going to be talking about a few different topics that have happened in Michigan this week and in the past month as well. What was the actual date of it? June, I think it was early June. Um, there was a sidewalk counselor who was doing his thing and he actually got hit by a car by an abortionist. I would say there's not been a lot of media coverage on this, obviously. Typically these things don't get a lot of media coverage, but we're just going to talk about it today. Now, he was hit twice with the car, correct? Yeah, so what happened was um, he... He, this happened in, in Saginaw here in Michigan, so right over on the other side of the state from us here in Grand Rapids. And essentially what happened is he was doing the normal sidewalk counselor thing of trying to convince women, you know, you have other options and offering resources and things like that. Uh, the abortionist there who, it's not the first time he's, um, I'll just say the word assaulted, a sidewalk counselor before he does have a strike on his record for that and what he did was he hit what's his name mark zimmerman the sidewalk counselor yeah mark yes. zimmerman so he, he hit him with his car and ran over his lower leg then reversed and ran over the lower leg again and it ended up fracturing his I think it fractured his ankle, it fractured his leg above the ankle, and then he, last I heard, he's doing okay. Uh, they've had to put steel rods up into his into his bones to try and stitch it back together. Um, and basically, this whole thing is going down, and the abortionist, his name um, has, if I pronounce it correctly and not like he's a, a German in World War II, it's Rommel. And I'm going to say, hopefully that's how it's pronounced. Otherwise, I'm going to laugh in my head again. But um, so he he's elderly, as most abortionists that perform are uh, in his 80s. And so he got reprimanded verbally by the police who were called. No arrest, no charges thus far. And then he walked into the building and performed five abortions that afternoon. Now, did he intentionally run over the sidewalk counselor? Do we know that? The reports are that he did. Um, I. It's hard because there have not been many reports. Every indication is that it was an intentional running over. But even then, if you accidentally run over someone's leg with your car, you don't reverse and run over it again. So um, while we could say that maybe... Um, Mark was too close to the driveway and he had his leg accidentally run over the first time, it would not be an accident on the second time, no matter how you try to swing it. So um, it's just another example of how, you know, the pro-life viewpoint is not popular and that there seems to be confirmed an unequal set of rules and unequal form of justice between us and our opposition and um i mean people like to say i know i heard it all the time growing up in school that the united states is a nation of laws um it's not 
It, we never have been. We're, we're a nation of political will. Whoever has the will to enforce the law, the law will be enforced. And if you don't have the will to enforce the law, nothing is going to happen. And right now, the people in power do not have the will to equally enforce the law. And so uh, we got to work to see that change. All right. That's your daily dose of Nietzsche, I guess. So no charges have been brought. And we... <laughs> Wouldn't that be vehicular attempted homicide or something? Not necessarily. So attempted attempted homicide, you have to show clear intent to do the harm. It's a very it's a high standard. So driving through a parade is obviously vehicular manslaughter. Sure, We've seen that in the last couple of years, but um, running over someone's leg is not going to get you that charge. Um, and it probably shouldn't get you that charge unless you ran over their leg in an attempt to run over their torso. Um, so that that would be a vehicular assault, which is a different standard. Okay. I would just like to know how he just got a warning. And then they're like, okay, go on your day. Is it because he's an abortionist and they know it would be... It would be a lot of backlash if he did get in trouble or are they just trying to help him or do they actually think it's an accident and he probably told them it was an accident obviously he wouldn't admit to that well there hasn't been media backlash so far about mark zimmerman's injury so that would change but the backlash that an abortionist is charged right for something that's what i'm saying the police didn't want to deal with it being so uh, such a controversial two people involved in an, an incident like that. I'm not going to assign n- nefarious purposes to the police uh, at this point simply because as like a situation like that Mark has been shipped off to the hospital uh, to get his leg looked at and so the police then take statements from everybody around and if the person who ran him over does not look violent and they're not necessarily going to do an arrest there um, I'm not necessarily concerned by the fact that you know he wasn't thrown in, in in handcuffs and taken in that day I mean it's sad that he was allowed to remain and, and kill five babies that afternoon but the, the, the concerning bit for me is no charges have been brought after the fact. And it's been almost a month at this point. And you have very clearly multiple witness statements. You have the abortionist who has a record of, of assault from, from assaulting a sidewalk counselor previously. So the record is there. The motive is there. The witness testimony is there. And still no charges have been brought. And it just comes back to, you know, make sure you elect pro-life uh, county prosecutors. <laughs> Those elections are coming up in 2024, everybody. So, But every level of government has a lot of power, and we need to make sure that if we want our people, if we want pro-life people to be safe as they're trying to protect human life, then it's incumbent on all of us, whether you're out there on the sidewalk or you're not a sidewalk counselor and sitting at home, going to your your daily life, giving to your local pregnancy resource center, you know, if there's no consequences for the small things, then we've already seen they're perfectly willing to burn down buildings 
um, and, you know, attempted assassinations on Supreme Court justices. So it's not going to stop until we, as the pro-life people in the country, stand up and say, no, this isn't happening. And uh, the way to do that peacefully is through our elections. Kind of going off of this and um, bringing it all back to it seems like there's a different standard that um, people who support abortion get to live by. And um, there's not the same rules and apparently not the same laws for everyone. So just yesterday in Traverse City in Michigan, um, we have the Grand Traverse Area Right to Life, which is one of our affiliates. And they have a Teens for Life group who was... I believe five months ago, approved to be in the Cherry Festival Parade, which happens every year. Um, They were approved five months ago to be in this parade. So then last or Wednesday night, yes, Wednesday night, um, after 10 p.m., they received a notification that they had been taken out of the parade lineup because the parade organizers were receiving threats and personal threats as well. And so um, they took them out of the parade. And then the next morning, they wrote a written response saying that there was a clerical error of why they were, of the error of, of approving them. Um, saying that it was because they don't approve political or controversial organizations that are controversial either through politics or social issues. What are your guys' thoughts initially? So so the organizers had two stories. The, The first was that they received threats, and then the second was that they don't allow political groups. Okay, that that seems pretty cowardly of them. Like, I could understand if they receive threats, I could understand why they would want to cut out Teens for Life. I don't think that's the right thing to do. I think that's pretty cowardly, but I, I'd get it. But then just to cover it up and lie about it and come up with another story the and not is, even tell them to their face? The thing is, is they can't really lie about it because they already filed a police report saying that they received threats. Oh. And so if you really wanted to do a little research, you could see that that they actually did receive these threats. After receiving these threats, then they took them out of the parade all in the same day (laughs) and then it's not a coincidence any of it so even regardless of where people were going to lie on this issue it's not a coincidence and everyone can pretty much see that um yeah so just to add that to your initial thoughts well my initial thoughts were Well, I I will go through my initial thoughts in order (laughs) from when I saw it yesterday. Uh, Initial thought was, one, of course it's Traverse City. (laughs) Literally, uh, initial thought. um, I would say it's more like the Detroit of northern Michigan um, with some of its uh, political leanings, yes, but also just its its general value leanings. Um, and And then my second thought was, lying to cover up something because you're afraid of getting more threats is 
idiotic and that there is a double standard for for justice um it's sad that one there are people out there who are threatening parade organizers because a group of teenagers wanted to have a pro-life like wanted to say their what their beliefs um we're still governed under the constitution you still have your first amendment rights um which is interesting it would be an interesting um, way to bring it if someone wanted to do a lawsuit. Not that anyone wants to do a lawsuit because lawsuits are expensive, but you would have a pretty good argument on a First Amendment basis that this parade organizer is impeding their First Amendment rights because they do allow political groups into the Cherry Festival Parade. They always have and they always will. It's just which political views are going to make them feel good or not get threats to them the threats must have been pretty drastic i haven't seen what the filings were but to scare someone enough um if if it's personal threats like personal threats and it just it goes to show that like if you devalue human life if you cannot look at a baby or if you want to call a fetus or even a zygote if you can't look at that and say that is a human being and because that is a human being it gets the same rights and the protections that i do if you devalue life then you are going to devalue life elsewhere there's there's no moral line that you can draw for when it is and isn't okay to kill someone ever ever there there's no arbitrary line and so you either say all humans deserve rights because they're human or you don't and as we've seen with these threats against a third party who just happens to be a parade organizer that people obviously our opposition obviously does not value human life and they're willing to be violent about it now should we be afraid of that no um the likelihood of the violence happening one is is small and two take steps to protect yourself if you're going to be engaging in pro-life activism if you're going to be on the sidewalk um use the buddy system always i mean i lived overseas for many years always use the buddy system human traffickers are real um it, it it makes sense if someone tries to confront you have a camera on you everyone's got a camera in their cell phone Um, Witness testimony is great. Video evidence is better. Um, I know a lot of sidewalk counselors now will have a video, have a camera um, on them at all times just to keep an eye of what's going on Um, and know that protecting human life is worth a little bit of possible danger. Um, Now, what I don't understand is the, well, these parade organizers don't seem to understand that by organizing a parade like this, they're pretty much arbiting some form of public discourse. I mean, they have the First Amendment rights right there in their hands. They can choose who comes into the parade and who doesn't. And it seems like at at the start by letting the Teens for Life group in, they're doing the right thing. They're keeping it open to, I'm assuming maybe there's a pro-choice group, maybe there's not, but they're, they're having two sides of an issue here. They're letting somebody say something so that the other group can respond. If they're just gonna shut that down, that's that seems like an extension of devaluing human life 
I mean, if, if you don't value human life, why would you value what humans have to say about it? Well, yeah. So I don't understand how they don't seem to see that. And by kowtowing to the bullies who are threatening their lives, presumably, they're just affirming this worldview and they're going further down the same rabbit hole. I mean, if they had stood up, if maybe gotten some extra police protection, they filed a report. So if they'd stood up to this, it might have set a better precedent where the threatener might not have done anything or may have been uh, dissuaded from doing anything. And, and you make a very good point. The reason why, particularly now in the internet age, people make obscene threats, um, and you see it all the time, anyone who's got any public presence on social media, and even if you don't, um, People, if you go to an event or a concert or anything like that, people will track you down on social media and threaten you. Um, and one, that's horrible. Um, but two, people do it because one, they know there's no consequences. They're not going to be tracked down, even though making threats of violence is a crime. Um, but they're not going to be tracked down. They're hiding behind the guise of the internet and they know that they can influence people to act in the way they want to act without having to raise a finger. Um, it, we see it all the time on a larger scale with companies bowing down to just a handful of internet trolls essentially and then losing out on billions of dollars of market cap because the majority is just not there. So. I mean, we can we can talk about all the time, like this violent thing happened, and these people issued threats, and but at the end of the day, those extremists are not the majority, and they won't become the majority unless people like us let them. Right. There has to be consequences. There has to if be consequences. If they do something in the real physical world. I think what's interesting is a couple things. As you were talking is um we did see some pictures from the parade last night and there were political groups there there were controversial topics that were on that were being marched around in this parade so obviously it wasn't the same standard for this teens for life group regardless of if their rules actually say we don't allow these people in but they let some people in and they were just using that as an excuse to not let them in. Um, they probably could have just gone with the whole, we got threats, so we're just going to take them out of the parade. But I guess they wanted to cover that up for some odd reason and then say it was a clerical error. The other interesting part is in some of the news stories that covered this this morning, there's one that mentions a local lady who um, is a local community member and business owner, and she says, I was one of the people who complained about it to the parade organizers. She obviously didn't say that she <laughs> was a community terrorist and made threats. We don't know if she did or not. She wouldn't admit to that, I would think. Um, but I just think that it's interesting that she said, I don't really have an opinion about this issue. You know, personally I do, but you don't need to know it. But I just thought they needed to follow the rules. They've been approved for five months. They've probably been um, 
public knowledge that they've been in the parade for a while. Um, and if you, it was brought to your attention that there was an error, why wouldn't you address it right away? Why would you wait until you got multiple threats to then address it? So I don't know how many threats they got or if it was, I don't know, this lady just claims that she complained to the parade organizers and pointed out their, their mistake to them, which is interesting to me. It doesn't change anything, though, does it? Whether it was one person in, in the community, but you don't make a police report for some lady saying they just need to follow the rules unless the lady was lying about saying they just needed to follow the rules or else. Um, but it, at the end of the day, there's a group of teenagers who spent months preparing for a parade that they were looking forward to, they invested in. Like, being a part of a parade, it's a big task if you've ever, like, done the whole thing. And they had to sit out on something because of a handful of people, probably, who decided to threaten or complain and... and that didn't have to be the case, one, but two, they are the minority. The people who do that are the minority. And so the people, and I'm trying to find the way to phrase this correctly, but this will continue to happen if pro-life people remain silent, right? So your city councils, your county commissions, your your county clerks, your prosecutors, everybody are elected individuals. They're, they're elected officials, and they are beholden to listen to the voice of the electorate. Now, the, the parade organizer isn't necessarily an elected position, but they, are, they have to report to elected people. And if, if we, as a, as a pro-life movement, as pro-life people, as citizens of this state, open our mouths and say something, this will not continue to happen. Because it's a lot harder to be bullied by a handful of voices when there's a hundred voices that are backing you up. Um, there's safety in numbers, and that works just as well for dealing with internet trolls as it does for, you know, going out and on, on and doing sidewalk counseling or anything like that so i would use this more as a call to action for all of us to not let things like this slide yes the the main media just like with with mark zimmerman zimmerman they didn't report on that incident there's a handful of news small news outlets that are reporting on what happened with teens for life but like we put out a press release find those articles and share them Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, share it on your social media. Yeah, you might get an internet troll that says something mean to you, but they're probably not going to do anything about that. And in fact, I can pretty much guarantee they're not going to do anything like that. It's just a threat to make you stop. Don't stop. Because if we stop, then people, innocent human beings, will lose their lives. This isn't just a political issue. This is literally life and death for hundreds of thousands of people. And I think it's it's worth it. And now in our press release, Rights of Life of Michigan called on the parade organizers to honor their commitment, which clearly they didn't do. 
but would it still be helpful for pro-life advocates in the Traverse City area to write in and politely express their disagreement with the outcome of this situation? Would that be a good idea? Write in, call in, be kind, be courteous, um, don't issue threats, <laughs> um, but just say, hey, it's sad that the these teenagers were not able to express their views um, and clearly there were others that were allowed to express the, the opposite view and in, in the parade and so you know let the let the parade let the public spaces be available for public discourse no matter what side you happen to agree with I think what this all boils down to is this happened yesterday. You know, there's not much you can do to change it. There's not really anything you can do to change it. Um, and you might hear about these stories in the same way that we hear about these stories and be really frustrated and think, what can I do? The reason that we continue to talk about it, that we put out a press release, that we want coverage on it is because we want accurate reporting. We want accurate facts out there. Um, so like Emily said, it is really important that you share these stories and that you that you read from all different points of views because there's a lot of inaccurate facts about what happened yesterday out there, including that it was a clerical error, that it was not. Um, but I think at the end of the day that um, even if you feel like you can't do something, you can. You can talk about it with your friends and your family. You can share it. Um, and you can not back down even if you, again, like Emily said, feel threatened. But we're going to move on because we're almost out of time. Boy. So we're going to wrap up our podcast with a little plug for our state conference that grace is planning right now that is september 28th. 28th yes yes it's in midland it's in midland yep okay. um if you want any more information about that it's on our website at www.rtl.org events you can look up state conference it'll come right up you can register you could um, read about the schedule we have for the day or if you have very specific questions you could email grace which i think your contact information is on that page yes it is another plug for us is we have our michigan march for life november 8 why did we pick november 8 it is the one year anniversary of the passing of proposal three we wanted to bring everyone together, um, hopefully a lot of people together at the state capitol and let people know that this is still not okay, that this got passed and that we're still going to keep fighting it and that there's still a lot of people, in fact, almost half of the state, that didn't agree with it. So um, this is just similar to you know the National March for Life that would be on the anniversary of Roe v. Wade. This is our state March for Life, and it is on November 8th. So you can also find information about that event on our website at the same URL, the rtl.org slash events. Anything else that we, oh, our meme match. 
Yeah, so we have an ongoing meme match. If you are a pro-life teen and want to contribute a meme, we have a scholarship of $400 for the winner. Our deadline is tomorrow, so please submit your memes today or tomorrow, and we will be posting them on Facebook for the public to judge who the winner is, actually. So you, you should have a fair shot at this. We're not going to be <laughs> biased against our meme makers. But the deadline for that is tomorrow. There is a $400 scholarship, and all you have to do is make a meme. So head on over to our website and under resources, school student, there will be links to the meme match. I think that's all the time we have. Thank you, Emily, for being our guest today and coming back to the podcast. It was great to have you. Well, you know I like to talk, so this is a good time for me. But, you know, it, it's there's, there's, things, there's many things all of us can do um, to push back against, against the forces that the powers that be, the forces that are working against us, and it can be small, it can be come to the March for Life, let's have a big showing for that. What a great way to tell people we're not going away, um, is to have thousands of people in Lansing. So it's also the day after my birthday, so come, come to wish me a happy birthday. <laughs> all right, thank you for listening, and I hope you all have a wonderful weekend.